you know, because we operate in our minds sometimes, we try to make coming into the presence of God a complicated thing. But it's only because we try to operate in our mind, we kind of got one foot there and one foot in the spirit, and we're trying to do both at the same time. But coming into the presence of God is so simple. And and I can say that because it's what we were created to do. And we try to figure it out. God, if we try to figure God out, that is complicated. But I can't, if I can recognize that I will never, ever, ever figure it out. I'll never, ever, ever come in the same way two times. I'll never connect with God by figuring out how to do it. When I can recognize that, then I can begin to get a revelation of just how simple it really is to not come with any agenda, to not come with, a, with an idea of what I want, to not really even come to go after a breakthrough, but to come and to seek an audience with our King, with our God, with our Father, with our Savior, with the lover of our souls, then then the breakthrough comes real easy because I'm not after that. I'm after God. And then the answer to my prayers come easy because I'm not after a thing from God. I'm after God. And And when I can just connect with Him, and be raw, be open, be real, be honest, be whatever I am, then what can he not do in those situations? Oh, God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 2. It says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What did the serpent deceive Eve It was that she could figure out God and his mind some other way than to just walk with God, to talk with God, and have him tell us what he wants us to do. And so he said, I'm worried over you because I want to present you as a chaste virgin. I want to present you to your husband. We've been hearing about that God is our husband all day, you know, and, and when uh, Pastor Cindy was teaching in Sunday school, I, f- I felt some of the men be a little uncomfortable when she said, 
You're the bride. You're going to be a queen in heaven. And I, I saw some of the men get a little fidgety. But you know, we have to understand that revelation just like women have to understand that there's really in, in heirship, there's really only sons of God. We are the bride of Christ and we're the son of God. We don't, we're not the husband of Christ. That's not how it works. And in the Bible, daughters didn't get an inheritance. It was the son who got the inheritance. So we, gotta, so we all have to be uncomfortable and just get over it, okay? He wants to present us as a chaste, perfect, pure virgin to Jesus, to one husband. But his fear and in, in what would corrupt us from doing that is the same fear of what got Eve, and that is, I'm trying to figure this out some other way. And so we can't ever flow in purity until I give up trying to figure out Jesus some other way. Help us, God, because that is an affliction. That is an affliction of our soul as humans. That what we really want a lot of times is to figure God out because that seems easier. If I can figure him out, then I can do it the same way every time and he can always be happy with me and I can always have, be blessed and I can always have money and I can always have all the promises and I can always be healthy. If God said this, then I'm going to do it like this and I like it to be a formula. I like it to be a formula. But he said, here, I'm, I'm fearful that the same spirit that came on Eve will come on you and you will lose the revelation the revelation of simplicity would be corrupted. And what is the simplicity? And it is corrupted in our mind when we begin to believe that it's difficult and complicated and God's hard to figure out. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to pray. I don't really know how to get into the presence of God. I don't know how to do all that. Maybe if I come and somebody prepares the way for me, then I can do it then, but I don't know how to do it because we've allowed that corruption to corrupt the simplicity of faith, the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. And that just simply, simply is, I have no clue. And I will never, ever, ever have a clue. And so what else can I do but just come and be totally open, totally laid bare before God and say whatever you want to do. I may not understand it. I may be afraid to say it out loud. I may be all these other emotions that come along with it. But whatever you say to do is what I'm just going to do. If you say lose it up on the stage in front of everybody, I'm going to lose it. If last week you said jump up and down and dance, that's what I'm going to do. If this week you said get down on your hands and knees and worship in awe of who I am, I'm going to do that. And that was great last week, and this is great this week, and it doesn't ever have to be the same thing because I have no ability. I'm not going to say I don't have a desire. I do. I would love to figure God out. 
I can't. I have no ability to ever, ever, ever figure God out. Why does God do this and not that? Why did he move in this person's life and he hasn't moved in mine yet? Why did he do, answer this prayer for me, but this prayer hasn't been answered yet? I don't know the answer to any of those questions. All I really know how to do is just get before God And if I can get right up next to him, right up next to him, I can say, Father, show me your heart over this. Because I ask, I've prayed, I've done this, I've done that, I've tried every which way to do it, to make it happen, God. I've tried to make you make it happen, God. But I just want to get really close to you and just just tell me your heart over it. Because I really apparently don't even have enough understanding to even know how to think right over my situations and over my problems, and over my family, and over everything that I'm struggling with, even how to get into your presence. God, if I can just get close enough to you to say, show me your heart. Show me your heart, God. Show me your heart over my own life. We talked about purpose last week. We've been talking about the bride of Christ and who we are in God. God, the one thing that I know we have no clue how to do is think about ourselves, because when we don't think good things about ourselves, we certainly don't think the things about ourselves that God thinks about us. Because I think of all the ways that I can't. And God looks at all the ways that I can. We look at, we look at our own life totally opposite. Totally opposite. Pastor just said, if you try to, if you try to figure this out, you come, you'll come in with the opposite. You come in and do the opposite. Because we we're trying to figure it out. And so I look at myself, I try to figure myself out, God help me, and, and I think the opposite things of what God thinks. God can speak to me, and then I think the opposite. I say, God, that was a mistake. I don't think that was you. Moses did the same thing, though. He said, God, you know, you made a mistake in calling me. You should have called somebody else. But Moses eventually got a revelation of the simplicity of following God, and that is you don't do a thing. You just go hear from God. God says, speak to the rock. You don't hit the rock. You do what he said, and you're going to be fine. Help us, Jesus. We make it so complicated. When it's the simplest, it's what a baby can do. Do you know that Zeke loves the presence of God? Loves it. I, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know Bible. He's three years old. He doesn't know Bible stories. He, he doesn't know all. He doesn't, he doesn't know. I've told him, but he, he doesn't really understand that Jesus died for our sins and that we and was rose again, and and all the victory we have in that. What he knows is that the presence of God is here, and you see him. He'll come down here. He'll just dance. He'll sing along. He loves the presence of God because that's who we were created to be. That's the thing we were created to do, and a three-year-old can do it so simple, just simple. Whatever. This is what I feel. I feel feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to just do whatever I feel. Dance. Lift my hands, sing along. Simple. Mm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look at um, James chapter 2 quickly. Um, What God was originally putting in me around these scriptures was it really just kind of goes in line with where he's taking us this morning, and that is when we have an experience with God, how do we carry that on? How We have an experience, and God reveals his purpose to us. We have an experience, and God drives out sin, and, we, and we're so on fire for God. How do we, what do we do with that? How many of you last week, God spoke to you, or you're still seeking after God for your purpose? Amen. No, there are many that God moved on last week. So how do we carry that on? In James chapter 2, verse 18, he tells us, and it's, and it's the secret, it's the secret, I believe, to getting into that presence of God and having God in your life all the time. James two eighteen, it says, Yea, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe us that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he had offered his son Isaac upon the altar? Do you see then that faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed into him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how then by works a man is justified, not by faith only. And skip down a couple of verses. It says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We have a concept of faith that faith is belief. That if I believe hard enough, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to change for me. If I believe hard enough that one day I'm going to quit wanting cigarettes. If I believe hard enough that one day God's going to use me in these mighty and amazing ways. If I just believe hard enough, that's going to happen. But... God reveals what faith really is here, and it's not simply belief. Faith is the simplicity of Christ worked out, and that is, I hear from God, and I do it. He says, if you don't put legs to your faith, if you don't work it, then that faith is dead. If I'm believing after God for a miracle and I don't do anything to get the miracle, I'm not going to get the miracle. I have to, when I hear from God, I pray, I hear from God over my situation, I have to marry the physical world up with the spiritual world and act on that word. And when I can act on the word... Isn't that simple? Is that, is that, that's is simple to me when I understand it. That why hasn't it happened yet? Why, 
what have I done with the word that I got? What have I done when I'm seeking after the miracle? What have I done when, I, when God says do this? Do I do it? He said that Abraham was a man of great faith. We can all agree with that. It's, he's listed several times as a father of faith. But it wasn't Abraham's belief that made his faith. He believed God. Yes, he did. But what did he do with his belief? He left his home. He went out. He didn't even know where he was going. He said, just go, and I will show you a land. He didn't have a clue where he was going or what he was doing. He just did something. Started off walking. And God led him into the promised land. He said that God said, go give your son Isaac. Do you, of course it was difficult for him. Of course he labored over it. But God said, do it. So I, he did it. It was simple. And you can see his faith as he walked up that mountain. And his son said, where's the, where's the sacrifice? And he said, God's going to provide. He's the whole time. He has faith. Because he's doing what God said. That whatever, whatever may happen up there, as long as I obey God, I have faith, my, my belief in God and who God is, that he is good, that he's brought me here, that he gave me the seed that he promised me. That he gave me the promises of God that as I'm walking up there, I have, I'm mixing my belief in who God is with the faith that I'm walking this right on out. You ask me what's going on? No, my son isn't going to die today because God's going to provide a sacrifice. I know what he told me to do. He can raise him back to life. I don't know. I have faith. And so I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. And he gets up there and all of a sudden, as he's following God's orders, there's another sacrifice. Angel says, go grab that. It's in the bushes over there and sacrifice that to God. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, and so here's, here's, the, here's the secret, I believe. It says the scripture, do you, he says, do you see? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? Faith coupled, combined, and, and created with his works. And by works was his faith made perfect. Now, perfect there means complete. When is my faith complete over something? It's when it's done. I don't have to have faith anymore for, for a thing that I'm believing God for when it's done. If I'm believing God for a baby when I'm holding my baby in my hands, that's when it's done. I don't have to have faith to have a baby anymore. It's complete. My faith is complete in that area. Until then, though, I have to obey God. I have to work because it's by our faith that our it's by our works, sorry, that our faith is made complete. And then the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God and it was imputed into him. That means it was that means that righteousness was bestowed on him. It was delivered unto him and it was manifested in him. Righteousness. How many of y'all want to be righteous before God? I want to be righteous. And he tells us here the secret to being righteous. Righteous means I'm right. I, I do like to be right. When I'm righteous 
and rightness is flowing through me all the time, then I do, I am in the perfect will of God. I do hear God. I do respond to God. I am in his, in his flow. I'm in his presence all the time. And it's not complicated because righteousness, rightness is working through me. That means I'm totally submitted to God. And how do I do that? How is righteousness imputed unto someone? It is through faith, which is belief and action on the belief. When I hear God, I do something. I don't wait and say, I heard from God. This is going to happen. I heard from God. My son's going to be saved. I heard from God. I say, God, what can I do? What do you want me to do with this word? And I'm going to go do something. Because faith without works, so the body without the spirit, when we we die and our spirit leaves, our body is dead. Just like that, faith without works is dead. Our works put... Our life come, came from when God breathed, breathed his presence into us. That is why we are alive. We were clay. We were nothing. We were dead until he breathed his life into us. And he says, just like when that breath, the breath of God, the life of God leaves our body, our body is dead. It is dead. It is not coming back to life. Just like that, our faith is dead. Our works breathe life into our faith. Our works literally breathe the life of God into the thing we're believing God for. And so as I begin to work on that faith, as I begin to act in that faith, as I begin to do something with the word that God gave me and act like it's happening, act like it's already there, act like I already know how to pray, act like I already know how to get in the presence of God. I may have been saved yesterday, but I know how to get into the presence of God and I just act like it. Then it happens. Because we breathe life. We breathe life. I need some, there's some areas in my life where I need the life breathed over it. And the only thing I have left to do, I pray and hear from God, is act. Act on that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I have, I have one more scripture. It's in John chapter 10. Starting in verse 3, it says, or verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and calleth, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow. But will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Sometime in the last week, um, I, I don't really remember where it was, but I, I remember 
somebody saying um, something about hearing from God. And I just heard this cry come up of, how? How do I know it's God? How do I know it's God? I think things all the time. Is it me? Is it God? I think this is probably God. How many of y'all ever been there? I don't know if this is me or if it's God. How do I know? How do I know? I'm trying, I'm trying to follow Jesus simply. I don't want to overcomplicate coming into the presence of God. I don't want to overcomplicate having my prayers answered. I don't want to overcomplicate serving God. But the key to serving God is hearing from God. The key to serving Him and being right and this being simple, a simple thing, isn't following rules. It's just I have to hear from God. How do I know? How do I know if I've heard from God? This scripture says, verse 4, it says, The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And down in verse 27, Jesus said, he was explaining this parable. And he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, if we're his sheep, we know his voice. But how do I know? How do I know? How do I know? First of all, we can't stop. We can't figure that out. We have, we have to believe, and we have to act on that belief so that it can be imputed into righteousness to us and create faith. So, when I hear from God, first of all, the key to hearing from God is having a relationship with God. I actually can't know his voice if I don't ever hear his voice. So I have to have a relationship with him. I have to seek after him every day. I have to be in his presence. I have to practice getting into his presence. And when I do that, then I do know his voice. I know his voice because that's when the battle comes. You ever notice that the battle don't ever come from any other decision in life besides when I think I've heard from God? So... I have, I hear his voice and that battle comes, but I know, I, I really know all that confusion may come up, all that other, all those other thoughts may come, but what I, I really do know that I heard from God, I really know it. And so I don't talk myself out of it. I do something because I've heard his voice and I'm guaranteed here that I won't hear another voice. I won't listen to it. I may, another voice may come. It says another one may come. Another str- a stranger may come and call, but they're going to flee because they don't know his voice. I'll go back to my shepherd whose voice I know. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that it is simple. It's simple, God. Oh, my God, it is simple today. It's simple. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we know your voice. We do know your voice. We do know your voice, God. And when that turmoil and that spirit of confusion tries to run at us and we, when we think we've heard God and then all of a sudden we don't know. We don't know what we felt. We don't, know what, we don't even know if we heard God. We don't know if we didn't hear God. We don't know if it's me. If I don't know if it's God. I, at some point, I don't even know what I even don't know at that point. I'm just so confused. We have to take authority over that spirit and go back to what God originally told me. What was the original thing that came in my heart? I know my Father's voice. You know your Father's voice. If we don't know His voice, then we're not His sheep. But we can be his sheep really, really easy today. Really easy. It's, it's just as easy to be his sheep and hear his voice as it is to hear his voice. It's all simple. And so it's that same spirit that came after Eve that tries to complicate. It's that spirit that comes in and says, figure, you got to figure all this out. It's the same reason why we say, well, I'm going to come to church one day, but I've got to get myself cleaned up a little bit first. It's the same thing of, well, one day I'm going to be able to pray as much as them people, but I've got, I got these other things going on. It's the same, it's the same spirit that says, that says one day. One day. Because I'm just trying to figure things out in myself. I'm trying to figure out how this works, how I can make God fit in my little box, how I can get the things that I want out of God and not the things I don't want. I'm after, I'm after that, that spirit comes in when I'm really after being able to control and being able to figure, because so, I want to figure things out. I want to know. And it makes us uncomfortable when we just, to say, I'm, I'm totally out of control. Totally out of control, God. God, we want to be totally out of control today. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Let's all stand. We're going to take authority over that spirit today. And actually, if you're somebody who said, I don't know how to get into the presence of God. I don't know. I don't really understand how to get a breakthrough that you've, you've been struggling to figure all this out. I just want you to come, come down and we're going we're gonna to take authority over that spirit that wants us to figure things out. That if serving God has felt too more complicated than it should be, if you've ever sat at home by yourself and said, God, is it supposed to be this hard? That's the spirit. It's not supposed to be this hard. We were created, we were created for it. We were created to be in the presence of God.